MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live from Weehawken, New Jersey at the Onview Hotel, the site of the Sports Betting National Championship. What a weekend here in New Jersey on the shores of the Hudson River across from Manhattan. My partner is across the country, James Salinas, joining us via Denver, Colorado as we get ready to dive into week nine and look ahead to week ten in the NFL. James, I will say happy Sunday to you. I know there was some disappointment as well. We'll get into that a little later, but the Sunday portion of Week 9 is coming to a close as we get ready for Sunday night football between the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams, and really the two big stories heading into this game were Derrick Henry being out of this game due to injury, and then the Rams acquiring Von Miller via trade. Now, Von Miller is not suited up to play in this game. He was listed as quest for most of the week. He is now out of this contest. The Rams will play host in Los Angeles at SoFi, and they are currently seven-point favorites with a total of 53. Now, I made this line six-and-a-half in favor of the Rams with Derrick Henry in the lineup. Obviously, he has been replaced by Adrian Peterson. We've seen this line just tick up slightly. Uh, there are still some seven-and-a-halves in the market, but the consensus number is seven with a total of 53 where are you on this one, Mr. Salinas, between Tennessee and L.A.? 
Well, Brady, uh, let's let's talk about where what I would look at if I wasn't sitting in the standings that I'm at right now based on uh, some of the things that happened earlier today. Let's just speak to, if I was just breaking this game down, looking at what is this going to feel like for the Titans offensively without Derrick Henry, in particular for Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill is going to, I think coming over from Miami a few years back and having the luxury of having the best running back in the NFL and the best running game in the NFL really took a lot of pressure off of Tannehill and allowed him to do a lot of play action, a lot of play action opportunities to find easier routes to throw the football. And we know that now with A.J. Brown, as well as Julio Julio Jones coming over this year, really being able to continue that prowess to be able to find guys down the field because of Derrick Henry and how much how, how much other teams' defenses have to game plan and concentrate about trying to stop the train wreck that is Derrick Henry running the football. Now with him not out there, what is this offense going to look like going forward? I think that's the biggest question mark for me. And is it going to be, are we going to see straight drops? Is it going to be, I mean, AP just got there a handful of days ago. Is he even ready? What kind of football shape is he in? I mean, he's got to be on a play count here. So I don't, I, I think really it's going to fall on the Tennessee Titans passing game and potentially this defense to have to find plays and ways to step up, especially on that back end to stop this Rams offense. So for me, I'm on the under here, Brady. It's mixed in with a, a really a late game parlay that I put in here is really a therapeutic parlay for me because of the carnage that happened in Circus Survivor today. So it was more so so I could just be distracted on all the late games and not think about the roller coaster that was of my Saints play going down in Circus Survivor. So I'm on a I'm on a last leg of a parlay here that everything hit today in the afternoon and it's on the on this under in this play at 53 and a half but even if it wasn't a therapeutic parlay for me that'd be the route that i'd go i think as far as the side most of the consensus out here in colorado that number is sitting at seven and a half i probably wouldn't get involved here just thinking about just not really sure from the titans perspective i think we'll see that they know they've got to rally around we don't have our best player in a sense offensively with derrick henry probably a best player on that team really to be honest not there everybody's gonna have to pick up and step up their game and then on the other side with the rams sometimes we see this brady we see I tend to see maybe somewhat of an emotional letdown from their opponent when they know full well the best player is not playing today. We can count on a number. We can think about a few games that happened today, in particular in San Francisco, what happened with the, the two best players for the Arizona Cardinals not being there today and really just a flat effort from the 49ers from start to finish here. Maybe we see that inspired effort out of the Titans, maybe a little bit of a, 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 a little overconfidence from the Rams. I'm not sure where to go with the side, but as far as the total is concerned, that's where I'm book 53 and a half under for me as we try and figure out how this game is going to play out James let me throw another one out yet out at you is it possible that Tennessee comes out a little bit flat in this game after all they do own a very comfortable two and a half game lead in the division and they also own the tiebreaker over the second place Colts is that scenario possible I don't think so I think this is you're on Sunday night football you're on the road you're playing the uh, one of the top contenders in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl here with the Los Angeles Rams. And it's Sunday night football. We know Monday night football for years as far as you and I growing up, Brady. That was the big dog as far as everybody getting psyched and hyped up for Monday night football. But really, that's changed over the, over the handful of years. It's Sunday night football is where it's at. And so I think we're going to, as far as the Titans are concerned, they're going to be bringing it. And they know they've got to pick up and every unit, each and every player, each and every unit out there on the field for the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to see even they're going to be a step half a step faster another step faster locked in loaded 
focus is there, energy, intensity is going to be there because they have to make up for Derrick Henry. Yeah, you're still up in front, and they're, these are professionals, and they know that they've got to bring that competitive that competitive professionalism with them tonight. So I think as far as the letdown is concerned, because Henry is not there, I don't think so. I think the energy will be there from the Titans. It's more so the execution on the offense. Can they be able to execute consistently without Derrick Henry out there, or are we going to see a lot of Aaron Donald in Mr. Tannehill's face? I kind of tend towards the latter of that statement there. That's why I bet the under here at 53 and a half. Well, you kind of allude to it here with possibly an inspired effort by Tennessee, and that's maybe one more angle I want to ask you about. That's the fallen hero theory. Of course, Derrick Henry, the fallen hero there in the case of the Tennessee Titans. Do you think possibly we see an effort out of Adrian Peterson like we've seen in the past? You know how this guy runs. He is tough as nails. And maybe that offensive line and Adrian Peterson just come in here guns a-blazing. Is that a possibility as well? I think for Peterson, we know how physical he's going to be. So as far as the physicality is concerned, he's going to run with the same type of style that Derrick Henry does. Now, not the same type of player, maybe back in the day, but now you're picking up. Adrian Peterson was sitting on the couch a week ago and got the phone call, and now you're ready to get after it. And are you even going to be the feature back? I mean, it's going to be a, a split amount of carries down the line when it comes to the depth of the running back position for the Tennessee Titans. You can't expect them to go in there and say, hey, I'm going to get 20 touches and bang the rock. But here, I think they've got to still have some semblance of at least a commitment to running the football, regardless if it's Adrian Peterson or whoever it's going to be for the Tennessee Titans, because I think that the offense is really predicated for Tannehill to be able to get those clean throws, whether it's with play-action pass or moving him on the boots, getting outside the pocket. That's the pressure here on Tannehill. Is he ready to step up and do that? The one thing with the Rams, though, that we've seen, especially that, you know, all the money that they spent, and we know they're all in. Von Miller, the trade going there, there he's not playing tonight. But even before in the offseason, bringing over Matthew Stafford and the money that they've been throwing at Aaron Donald and, and rightfully so, tremendous player Jalen Ramsey as well. Uh, a lot of money tied up with a handful of players, so they had to make some sacrifices, and some of the sacrifices that they made was in that secondary. And Johnson's gone, Hill is gone, so a younger secondary there. And I think we've seen a lot more, uh, playing a lot more shell coverage and trying to help out those younger DBs not putting themselves in position. So I think it's really what do we see out of this Rams pass rush? I think we'll see a great pass rush coming out of it tonight and probably more of a conservative game plan when it comes to throwing the football for Tannehill here for the Tennessee Titans. So commitment to running the football it's going to be interesting to see Adrian Peterson back on the field. I think for us watching old school football, love how he runs the ball, plays with a lot of runs with a lot of power and likes to initiate contact. I like those kind of running backs, but huge step down when you're talking about Adrian Peterson compared to Derrick Henry. think it's got to be a conservative game plan. Got to be careful with the football for Tannehill tonight. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give the defense having to play on short fields. All right, let's jump into some of the action we saw earlier on Sunday, and we begin with the Houston Texans in Miami to take on the Dolphins. Tua Tangovaloa ruled out of this game not long before game time with a injured finger. Jacoby Brissett got the start, and Tyrod Taylor was also uh, back in his original role where he began the season after a few weeks off with injury for the Houston Texans. And as expected, James, this was not a pretty football game. My goodness, 10-6 to Dolphins. 
with just about a minute left in the first half. And then Tyrod Taylor running out of bounds, trying to kind of throw the ball away, flips it for an interception. And going into the half, Miami converts another score, 17-6. to And the game did not get any prettier after that. Only three points scored in the entire second half. 17-9, to your final. The Miami Dolphins snap a seven-game losing streak. They move to 2-7 and seven on the year. Houston still just one win on the campaign. We called this must-see uh, must TV when we were previewing this game. Did you, did you happen to uh, waste any time watching this one, James? We talked about when we talked about this and previewed it last night. Uh, really, the the only angle for me was going to be if I get involved, it was going to be looking at the total and playing that total under. I didn't get involved. If I bet it, I got to watch it, and I didn't want to subject myself to this. And I'm glad I didn't. Yes, the under was there, not no problem. You're talking about 26 points combined, three points in the second half only, and that was to be expected. I know both teams are they kind of mirror images of each other when you look in the the overall team stats, whether it's on the offense or the defensive side, both of them near the bottom of the categories of offensive yards production, defensive give it a lot, yards allowed, points production, all those types of things, uh, but wasn't wanting to get involved here, just feeling like, all right, we're either one, Tyrod Taylor coming back, some stability to that offense potentially, but the fact that he hasn't played since midway through week two, how rusty was he going to be? I think we saw that play out. Not a good game from Tyrod Taylor. Sacked five times a day, as well as three interceptions, including that crucial one that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, and he's a guy that's known for not turning the ball over, and like you say, he did it three times today. The Miami Dolphins are on a short week. They will turn around and host the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night. Over the summer, Baltimore was made a three-point favorite. I have a good feeling that will certainly change. The Houston Texans and their 1-8 and eight record will go into a bye week. They'll take a week off before they resume action in week 11. So we will get to some more games. We'll talk about the Monday Nighter coming up as well. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Chicago Bears. We'll have Joe Rudder from Pittsburgh come on the program and help us preview that one as we roll on on the Pro Football Blitz right here on v MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. into the pro football blitz brady cannon and james salinas with you here and we're time it's time to talk about the monday night football game coming up as that wraps up week nine of the nfl card and that will be the chicago bears visiting the pittsburgh steelers to talk about the game joe rudder now joins us he's a beat writer for the steelers for the pittsburgh tribune review you can follow him on twitter at trib joe rudder and mr rudder thank you so much for joining us here on a sunday night before we get to the preview of the Monday night contest there in Pittsburgh. I want to ask you for a quick prediction on Sunday night football, the Titans and the Los Angeles Rams getting ready to kick off here in just about five minutes. Uh, The spread across the board, a consensus seven in favor of the Los Angeles Rams with a total of 53. What do you think goes down tonight at SoFi, Joe? Well, I think you got to go with the Rams, especially playing at home in Tennessee, obviously without Derrick Henry. That's a big loss. I think you know, I think you're looking at the Rams winning this, covering the seven points. You know, off the top of my head, I'd say 31-17, 31-14. I don't think it's going to be much of a game, to be honest. 
All right, let's talk about the Monday night football game going down in your neck of the woods, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears. And these are two teams going in opposite direction. Chicago has dropped three straight, and the Steelers have won three in a row. I think it's pretty clear that the Bears are not a very good football team, Joe. But what about Pittsburgh? How, how do you grade this team? We've seen them be real inconsistent. Do you think they are just average? Are they below average, or are they above average? <laughs> well, the way after the first month of the season, you, you would definitely say they were a below average team. You know, the offense wasn't doing much and they lost three straight, but then they've come back. They won two in a row at home. Then they went into Cleveland and held the Browns to 10 points and got out of there with a 15, 10 win while not having a kicker. So, you know, that gives them a, a lot of confidence going into this week. And then they have Chicago Monday. They have the Lions coming in next week. So if they can get through those two, they're six and three heading into the top portion of their season. Uh, they, they've, They've done it just enough to win the last few weeks. They're playing better defensively, and the offense is finally starting to get going as they're able to run the ball better. Joe, I want to ask you about the offense. So we knew complete makeover basically on that offensive line coming in. And for years, we saw the identity. We know Big Ben's been been such a stalwart there for so many years. But really, it was that offensive line. We're going to be more physical than you and run the football and wear you down for 60 minutes. And then last year from where it was, Big Ben having to throw the ball as much as he did. And then a complete makeover of this offensive line was going to take them some time with the youth movement that they're going, not only with the offensive line, with with Najee Harris. Give us your assessment now that we're roughly at the midway point with the Pittsburgh Steelers and that offensive side where it seems like the last three weeks started to see some of that old school Steeler identity of getting back to power football and hammering the ball at their opponents. Yeah, they've wanted to do that for a while. And actually, you know, after last season, uh, team president Art Rooney the second came out and said, Look, we have to run the ball more efficiently. So the last, more than just last year, the last couple of years, the Steelers' run pass ratio was way out of whack. They were throwing the ball so much. Now, obviously, teams are throwing more in the NFL, but this, they they felt they needed to get back to, you know, back to basics with running the football. Not not saying it had to be a fifty fifty split, but they had to run the ball when they wanted to. I mean, they stripped it down. They got a new offensive line coach. They pretty much, you know, wiped out the offensive line that they had from last year. Didn't bring some guys back. Marquise Pounce retired. They have two rookies starting now, one first-year starter, and only one guy that was at his spot from last year. So it was going to take a while for this offensive line to kind of find its footing. And, you know, they've been making progress in the last three weeks. They've been able to run the ball and possess it and, you know, control the clock and do the type of things that I think they want to do, especially now that they have Juju Smith-Schuster out. That's one less weapon they have at wide receiver. So I think they want to try to play more of this grinded-out type of offense. Joe, I made this number six in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It opened up six and a half, and it's pretty much been there all week. Now it has actually moved to seven. It feels like a big ask to me to lay this many points with the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially coming off of that situation. You talked about the last win coming in their win streak of three in a row, the last one being a playoff revenge game over the Cleveland Browns, a division rival. Does it seem like a lot to ask this team to beat Chicago by a touchdown? I, I don't think it, it, it does. I mean, you know, they're playing better with more confidence. Um, you know, they, they've been known to give problems to rookie quarterbacks. Um, they face running quarterbacks in the division and Lamar Jackson and, and guys that can break out of the pocket, like, you know, Baker Mayfield to an extent. So they have familiarity with, and, you know, they played Josh Allen earlier, earlier this season too. So they have some familiarity with that. And I think as long as the defense can, you know, confuse him, uh, you know, and maybe try to force him to scramble around, 
Um, I, I think they have a good chance to win this game, and I don't think a touchdown's out of the question. So, Joe, let's talk about that defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was their calling card for such a long time. We talked about the running game and the identity on on the offensive side and then the defensive side as well, being able to put pressure on the passer, being very physical on that side of the football as well. Now you've got young Justin Fields, rookie quarterback, really feeling a lot of struggles so far. Not a whole lot of ups, mostly downs for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears offense. This total is sitting right now at 39. We don't don't see too many totals in these NFL games in this day and age below anywhere close to sitting there in the 39. Those are some old school numbers there. Any chance that the Steelers can potentially feel like, yeah, if they're going to cover that seven offensively, I'm not sure how many points we're going to see out of this Bears team. What do you suspect you're going to see defensively? How much pressure are they going to be able to apply? And is that going to be the game plan? Consistent pressure coming after the young quarterback for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I think they want to try to do it with you know four guys rushing the passer. They, you know, for all the success they've had this year, it, you know, on defense, they haven't blitzed as much as they have in the past. Their blitz rates are down. Uh, you know, they have T.J. Watt obviously, and they have Alex Highsmith in his first year replacing Bud Dupree, plus Cam Hayward on the defensive line that are pretty good pass rushers. Um, I think you know maybe they can mix in a blitz here and there, but I think they just want to try to confuse him with coverages and thing like things like that. Uh, you know, and then and also while watching, you know, the running game, you know, I expect it to be a lower scoring game. The Steelers, I don't think they're going to put up a ton of points, but I don't see why they can't hold the, you know, hold the Bears to two touchdowns or less. Joe, what about this division, the AFC North? Wow, I, I mean, maybe the best division in football all season long. We've talked about the NFC West, but the Niners are obviously down. Seattle losing Russell Russell Wilson. But look at this AFC North. You don't have a single team that's at or below 500. Uh, the Ravens escape with a win over Minnesota today. Cleveland really comes back to life in a big way and hands the Bengals their second straight loss. The Bengals just a couple weeks ago were the number one seed in the AFC. <laughs> who would your be? Who would be your prediction be to win this division at the midway point of the season? I say you still got to go with Baltimore, uh, you know, and, but I think a lot of that will be determined by how Baltimore and Pittsburgh match up. They haven't played yet this year. They've got two in the second half of the year, uh, you know, and the first one being in Pittsburgh. So I think that's going to be, you know, a pivotal game as far as this race goes. But I would say you have to go with Baltimore because they're the ones that are out there out front right now and finding ways to win. You know, getting those field goals from Justin Tucker and, and sneaking things out. Um, you know, every, you know, for second place, it, it's you know, it's going to come down to the end. They, you know, the Steelers still have to go to Cincinnati. They have Cleveland one more time here. Their schedule gets a lot harder in the second half. They got to go to Kansas City, play Tennessee here. So, you know, I, I think I think everybody's going to have their it's, they're going to have their work cut out for them. And uh, you know, I see these. You know, I, I see I can see a ten and seven, you know, nine and eight team. You know right down there at the end and, you know, competing for a playoff spot. Joe, let's think about Big Ben here. I want to see if you can give us some insight into how, where he is physically right now. We saw all the, the you know, he had the offseason surgery on his elbow a couple years prior and the struggles as the season progressed last year, being able to push the ball down the field with any velocity and accuracy on the deep ball and really a lot more short passing game it really turned into last year. Where does he stand right now physically, not only with the elbow and his arm strength, but also just all the other ailments that he's been suffering through this year in the last couple years is this something where another game here you got 17 games for the season is this something right now that you feel like he's going to be able to continue to sustain and stay stay healthy enough to be able to perform all the way through the end of the season well I think that's going to depend on the offensive line earlier in the year he was getting hit a lot 
and sacked a good a lot. Last few games, those numbers have come down. He's had Peck. Let me think. It was Peck. He's now dealing with a shoulder injury. He had a hip injury earlier, and it was the shoulder this week that kind of was the reason he practiced very little. I mean, he's 39 years old. Sometimes he looks like it. Uh, he doesn't have the velocity. He doesn't have to touch on his deep passes. But he's smart. And he knows that you know. He knows how to play in this system. He knows what to do out there. What plays he can make and can't make. And he's minimized the turnovers for the most part. And I, you know, that's been able to give them a chance to win these recent weeks. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be. You know, it's not going to be like the old Raiders throwing deep every. You know, every time they get the ball, they're not that type of team. But I think they're going to rely on this short passing game. Try to get Najee Harris going to open things up. And just, you know, kind of just control the game that way. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And enjoy the football game on Monday night there. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Anytime, guys. All right. That is absolutely. That is Joe Rudder. He is a Pittsburgh Steelers beat writer for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. You can follow him on Twitter at Trib Joe Rudder. The Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up on Monday night from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Currently, the Steelers have moved to a seven-point favorite. Joe doesn't think that's too tall a task for them to get it done and win their fourth game in a row. That would mean the fourth loss in a row for the Chicago Bears. The total in that game, Joe thought there wouldn't be much scoring. That total very low, the lowest one on the card for week nine at just 39. We'll come back with consider it, book it, or drop it when we return on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon here live in Weehawken, New Jersey at the Sports Betting National Championship. My partner James Salinas in Denver, Colorado. Keeping an eye on Sunday night football. The Rams get the ball first and they stall on their first drive. They remain six and a half point favorites in the live market. And James, it is now time to play the world's favorite game show. We do it every week here on the Pro Football Blitz. Consider it, book it, or drop it. So I am going to read a player's stat sheet, Jay. There, there's the graphic. There we go. I was waiting for the music, folks. I like a little tunes with our show. There it is. There it is. Consider it, book it, or drop it is the game, and we play it each and every week here on the Pro Football Blitz, where I will read a player's stat sheet. James will try and guess who the mystery player is, and then we decide if we want to consider making a bet on that player for a particular award, uh, dropping a bet entirely, or maybe booking a bet at that moment. And right now, this will be for the Offensive Player of the Year. Excuse me, Offensive Rookie of the Year, James. Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL, and and I will begin with player number one. Ahead of his game today, he had 81 rushing temps for 433 yards and three touchdowns. He was a sixth-round pick, and he was forced into the starting lineup after veterans ahead of him were forced out of the lineup with injury. He has been a solid option for all three games where he has rushed over 100 yards. As of 12.30 this afternoon to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, he was 30-1, to his team in a division tilt at home was on the losing end today, but still, this young man had a nice game. All right, division tilt, losing at home, San Francisco? Six-round pick. Yep, Elijah yep, Mitchell. you got it, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, well, gosh, I mean, how many did he, did he 
play much today? I know he was hurt coming into the game, uh, and he was kind of questionable. Did he play a whole lot today? I'm pulling it up. Uh, he had eight carries for 36 yards, although I guess that whole entire team, no, pretty much a whole no-show from the San Francisco 49ers. I think we got to drop it here. Uh, where Where is San Francisco going to be at going forward? This really isn't so much about Elijah Mitchell. This is about the San Francisco 49ers as a whole right now. Talk about a, a complete debacle of a game today from San Francisco on all areas, including on the offensive side, trying to run the football. Really, the lack of uh, the attempts that he received at eight carries today for 36 yards. He's been very, when he's been healthy and been able to get back out there, you mentioned a number, uh, a couple of hundred-yard contests. But at this point here, where's San Francisco at going forward? And it's kind of tied to not so much Elijah Mitchell's performance, but, yeah, this is just a team right now that feels like kind of uh, the – the, the, it's a train wreck going forward as far as the season is concerned. I mean, you lost to the Arizona Cardinals today. No no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no show from the San Francisco 49ers at all today. So I think for Elijah Mitchell, sorry, kid, you are had to step in. You've done very well. But I think your team's, uh, the party's over for your team going forward. So I would say drop it. He looks a lot like the player he replaced due to injury, Raheem Mostert. You know, he's able to break those big rushes for 15, 20 yards. He had at least one today, but like you say, the game plan was kind of ditched after a while when Arizona broke out to a big lead. 30 to one's a nice number, but I, I don't think Elijah Mitchell's going to win it because, you know, San Francisco obviously has some issues. All right, player number two here. We'll drop that one on Elijah Mitchell. Player number two, being a rookie, this player has 128 rushing attempts ranking fifth in the NFL. He has 479 rushing yards with three touchdowns. He was a first-round pick. He was selected to fix the rushing game that used to be here in this city four years ago. This team will play on Monday night. Earlier today, his Offensive Rookie of the Year odds were 10-1. to 1. Who's this young man? Najee Harris playing on Monday night for yes, the Steelers. Yes, indeed. Bay Area boy. Steelers. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think we we were just talking to, to Joe Reuter in the last segment about the that really starts with the offensive line. We know when it comes to running the football, it, Derek Henry is a terrific runner, but you also have to have a good offensive line to start at least cre clearing some lanes for you to run. And, and Derek Henry somebody that can create his own lanes, I think, for Najee Harris coming in. The expectation was for not only for the rookie coming in, but a, really a, a complete makeover of that offensive line. It was going to take some time. What were we going to see as they start? to the gel up front, would we start to see more of a commitment? Would Pittsburgh start to feel more comfortable with the rookie running back and that really young offensive line to start to establish more of an identity running the football? And we've seen that the last three weeks. I think Najee Harris is basically averaging about 100 yards per contest rushing the football, but getting the touches and getting the carries, I think that's the key there. He's had roughly 24, 25 carries each of the last three games, and I think that's the commitment. I think Pittsburgh's starting to feel more comfortable with where that offensive line is and the fact that now you're going to start to see more of a benefit for Najee Harris to carry the rock. The hard part is is that their schedule is really tough going forward. Tomorrow, tomorrow is one thing. I think he'll have a really good game against the Chicago Bears, and then they'll be able to light up the Detroit Lions. But then they really get back into all the grudge matches that are there in the AFC North. I think we can consider it, but he needs a lot of help, and he needs that offensive line to continue to, to gel and get better up front. I'd consider it with Harris, but I'm not going to book it.
I agree with you. I would consider it as well. And if you're going to dive in, I would bet it before the Monday night game against the Chicago Bears. Uh, I imagine he'll have success there. And like you say, against the Lions as well. So you might see his number drop. But I think this guy's got a shot. And 10 to 1 might be the best price you can get here for a little while. Player number three, this player has thrown for over 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He was a first-round draft pick, and he was named the starter to start the season replacing a former MVP at quarterback. He's led his team so far to a 5-4 and four start, getting their second straight win on the road today. Earlier today, his odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year were 8-1. to one. Who is this young man? Mac Jones, Mr. Brady. Mac Jones, indeed. It's got to be. You think about the rookie quarterbacks. All of them weren't replacing it. Forget about I don't even know who they were replacing when you're thinking about Jacksonville and some of these right. young quarterbacks <laughs> coming in. You're replacing an MVP. You're replacing a Hall of Famer. You're play, replacing the best quarterback that, that's ever played this game, at least from a winning standpoint. And Yeah, I think for Mac Jones, the situation that he's in is really advantageous because you're going in and you're not having to be the savior like so many of these rookie quarterbacks having to come in because the, the, the team and the franchise is, is so bad. We know what the identity is with with coach Belichick there with the New England Patriots you're going to play defense we're going to be well coached we're going to be prepared each and every week and then Josh McDaniels being able to tailor the game plan he's not one of those offensive coordinators that says this is who we are and this is what we're going to run from week to week he really tailors his game plan based on his opponent's weaknesses and tries to exploit that so a great situation for young Mac Jones to be able to step into and then I think he was the most polished quarterback throwing the football and looks the most comfortable back there yeah I don't know if I want to book it quite yet but look at where New England stands right now and the fact that Buffalo really uh, talk about a no-show today uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Wow. If New England can win that division right now and they've got two games in front of them to play the Bills uh, why not? I definitely would consider it maybe not book it yet but it's, I'm definitely leaning towards not only consider it but pot potentially booking it with Mac Jones. Yeah, I would consider it as well. And you and I have talked about how this New England team has started to become pretty darn impressive. It looks like they're turning things around after a sluggish start to the season. And you're right. If they do win this division, then Mac Jones will be a strong candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. All right, one more to go here. And this is the favorite, James. I mean, this is one uh, that is kind of running away with the, uh, the award here early in the season. He has 42 receptions, 835 yards receiving, and seven touchdowns already. He leads the league in yards per catch at over 20 yards. He was a top five draft pick. He's reunited with his college quarterback. Their chemistry has seemed to not miss a beat. Who is this person who is now currently at plus 350 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? That would be Jamar Chase, who, along with the rest Jamar of the Cincinnati Chase, Bengals yes. team, did not have a good game, put the ball on the turf today. And, you know, I think Cincinnati was able to benefit from a lot of some bad opponents early in the season. Well, now they go into their bye week. They're going to need to get things fixed after the last two weeks. Not a no-show in New York. And really, after that pick six from Burrow on that first drive against the Cleveland Browns today, complete turnaround for that game and get their bye week straightened out. But they've got some tough teams coming up in the second half of the schedule for that team you know the, the number's too short I wouldn't book it I don't even know if I want to consider it because I think we're now where is Cincinnati going to go going forward considering the last two games how pathetic that's you know what a struggle the struggles that they've gone through and the fact that that schedule is going to get so much tougher for the second half compared to the first half I don't think I, I don't even think I consider it 
Yeah, you know, out of these four players, maybe Mac Jones would be my strongest lean at this point at 8-1. to one. I don't mind Najee Harris at 10-1, to one, but I'm with you, Jamar Chase at plus 350, just a little too short. Also, the fact that he's a wide receiver. Now, the first, you know, six, seven games of this season, he really lit it up, lit up the stat sheet. But like you say, a couple consecutive losses in a row here, and who knows where he's going to go from there. But uh, Mac Jones and Najee Harris, probably my two candidates so far in this edition of consider it, book it, or drop it. We have a new prop tracker now available at vsin.com for you to keep up with any NFL props. Head to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement for each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vsin.com slash NFL. More of the Pro Football Blitz coming back in just a moment right here on vsin. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSN Midseason Football Special is here. For only $99, you get everything VSN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis at vsin.com, and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. It's a great deal, only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. Sunday night football, 3 to nothing in favor of the home team, the Los Angeles Rams. They intercepted Ryan Tannehill on the Titans' first offensive series. They put three on the board. Just about two and a half minutes now left in the first quarter, and the Titans are back on offense once again. And it looks like they were stopped on third and short there by the Rams. So we'll see if they elect to punt and give the ball back to Los Angeles. Los Angeles currently a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. James, uh, want to go on a, or touch on a couple of notes here for the Monday night football game that we did not get to in our preview there with Joe Rudder. Uh, Mike Tomlin, 0-3 straight up and against the spread against Chicago, losing two of those games outright as a favorite. He's also 1-4 in non-division games on Monday night, including 0-3 against the spread when coming off of a win. Uh, also, Justin Fields on the other side, on the road this season, he has one touchdown pass and five turnovers in three road games. His team, one and two straight up and against the spread in those road games. So some con conflicting uh, trends there for both the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. James, your Denver Broncos, uh, they snapped a four-game losing streak last week with a win over the Washington football team, and they continued the NFC East tour today in Dallas in the return of Dak Prescott. I tell you what, they really got the running game going. They were playing great at the line of scrimmage. Terrific defense in the first half. Dak, I thought, looked a little rusty. The Cowboys just kind of all out, looked a little bit flat. But they were getting beaten in every phase of the game by a very physical Broncos effort. And they were in front 16 to nothing.
thing at halftime. The Cowboys were 0, and th- or 0 for 3 on fourth down conversion attempts before we even hit the six-minute mark of the third quarter. With 10 minutes left in the game, Dak Prescott was 7 of 21 for 97 yards passing. And in their fourth and final attempt to convert on fourth down, he threw an interception. And that was pretty much Katie Barr the door. 30-16, to 16, your final in favor of the Broncos. And in that fourth quarter, the Denver Broncos had a 30 to nothing lead. So 16 points in the garb in garbage time for the Dallas Cowboys. Just a complete domination for those first three and a half quarters for the Denver Broncos. And I think this there's a few other games we'll be discussing, Brady. This game in particular, if you think you, your team, if you think these teams are going to bring that high level of intensity and energy to each and every game, this ta- this game should exemplify the fact that that's not that just doesn't happen. It's hard to sustain. You saw that for the Dallas Cowboys a week ago last Sunday night without Dak Prescott and everybody there everybody had to raise their game both sides of the football each and every unit all three phases of the game for the Dallas Cowboys tremendous performance last week on the road Sunday night football in Minnesota really dominating that game against Minnesota from start to finish at least from an energy standpoint and they left all that in the Twin Cities they didn't bring any of the any of that with them to Big D for the Dallas Cowboys. There was no effort, no energy, no intensity. I think they were just thinking, well, this is how we are. Everybody's telling us how great we are. And then on the other side, you see that. You see the for for Denver letting Von Miller go and feeling like all the criticism to say, well, they're throwing in the towel on the season. Honestly, Von Miller was not going to be on this roster for the Denver Broncos in 2022, so they did what they had to do at the trade deadline, paid a lot of his salary, and basically bought a second and third round pick, but they're looking forward to the future. But those players that are on this team right now, there's, you know, these are professionals out there, and they play with some competitive pride, and you're telling, you're hearing that this team has thrown the towel in the season. This is only halfway through the season. There's a lot of talent on that team on both sides of the football, and they play Played out like it today so it was to me it was all about the focus and the energy came and it was only on one sideline it was strictly for the Denver Broncos a complete domination of the Dallas Cowboys now they're going to have to go and regroup themselves and refocus themselves and they can there's plenty of talent to be had on that Dallas Cowboys team but they got humbled today and if you don't bring your best effort days like this are going to happen and so kudos to the Broncos coaching staff all those players I mean what can we say it was just from start to finish it was the Denver Broncos day all day today as a big underdog 10-point dog that that was never in doubt obviously Denver now 6-0 they're on a 6-0 against the spread run as a non-division road underdog Teddy Bridgewater 24-5 against the spread in road games including 11-0 against the number against winning teams his quarterback coach Mike Shula now 38-18-1 against the spread as a road underdog and unfortunately for 111 Circus Survivor contestants their season is over they were on the Dallas Cowboys to win that game outright Denver returns home to face the Eagles in week 10. They were listed as four and a half point favorites in that game over the summer back at the Westgate. Dallas will host the Falcons. The Cowboys were five and a half point favorites in June when those lines originally came out. James, we spoke about the conflict for you and I both, I think, between the Vikings and the Ravens in this game. When I looked at the numbers, it really came out that the Vikings should be a play, but I felt that the situation really benefited the Baltimore Ravens. And I tell you what, Minnesota came out and absolutely threw the first punch 
17 to 3 before Baltimore was able to get in the end zone just at the end of the first half and make this game 17 to 10 before going into the locker room and then bam Minnesota comes out and returns the second half uh, kickoff for a touchdown and they're out in front once again now before you know it Baltimore fought back and we've got a tie game at 24 apiece and then Ravens backers they were thinking they were going to somehow sneak in a cover here as they were leading by seven points late in the fourth quarter. Kirk Cousins ends up finding Adam Thielen in the end zone. We're all tied at 31 to piece and headed for overtime. Lamar Jackson throws an interception, but then the Ravens defense forces a punt out of Minnesota. The Ravens go back on offense and with 20 seconds left in regular, or excuse me, in the extra session, Mr. Reliable, Justin Tucker nails one from 36 yards out and the Ravens survive. 34-31, your final. I think for Minnesota, just they just wore out in that second half. Off to a great start, running the football. Dalvin Cook had some really big runs, and they were really establishing the line of scrimmage there against the Baltimore Ravens in that first half. And then the second half, outside of that last drive, really to, to, to get themselves back to tie that football game, kind of stagnant there for that, really from the middle of the third quarter towards that last drive of the game for the Minnesota Vikings and got away from the running game again. And we had talked about that yesterday where, you you know, it's the the new offensive coordinator, Clint Kubiak, taking over this year and being the first-time offensive coordinator here. Yeah, it's in his blood as far as being that lineage is with Gary Kubiak. His bops used to do that, but here... Brady, I think we we see this with the Vikings again. Get back to being pass happy and really a lot more, again, three and outs again. That really hurt them last week against the Denver Broncos, or excuse me, against the Dallas Cowboys, not being able to, to even start any drives. They had three consecutive three and outs on nine straight passes last week against the Dallas Cowboys. And not that the same kind of mindset was here with the Minnesota Vikings, but at least in the first half, it seemed like they were ready to commit to the, the run game again. But then I think it was really just a matter of Lamar Jackson wearing this team down. Huge game out of Lamar Jackson, especially in the second half. You look at his stats here, he had 266 yards passing. He also had 120 yards rushing on 21 rushes. So it was the Lamar Jackson show, especially in that second half, and that's where the Vikings defense really wore down. I think they missed Danielle Hunter, who was out for the season. I think he tore his pec last week, so he's already had surgery. He's done for the year. He's their best pass rusher and most consistent defensive player up front. I think we they really missed him over the course of 40 minutes and then into overtime. So that's really what it looked like to me. This team just wore down defensively on the second half, but really a lot of that can be attributed to the offense again, not sustaining drives and allowing that defense to take some plays off. You know, we talked about this in our preview of this game. Minnesota tops in the league at sacking the quarterback, and Baltimore one of the worst in the league at allowing sacks for their quarterback. Lamar Jackson was taken down twice today, or excuse me, three times he was sacked today. He was also pressured quite a bit and forced him to throw two interceptions. So that Viking pass rush certainly did their job, but you mentioned the rushing attack for Lamar Jackson and company. I think they really did wear them down with that in the second half. The Vikings came into this game. Game, 27th in the NFL uh, in defending the run. So it, it looks like kind of what we were thinking, how this was going to play out at the line of scrimmage, really did over the course of four quarters. Baltimore will travel to Miami for a Thursday night game, so a short week for John Harbaugh and the Blackbirds. The Vikings are on the road again, this time in Los Angeles to face the Chargers. The Chargers were listed as a three-point favorite in this game when these lines came out back in June. You know, we 
asked Joe Rudder about this division, James, the AFC North. Are you with him? Are the uh, Ravens the favorite in your mind right now? Absolutely. They're the most complete team in all three phases, offense, defense, and definitely special teams. You've got a, a tremendous weapon there with Justin Tucker to close out games just like he did again today. Absolutely. Mr. Reliable, Justin Tucker does it again, 34-31. The Ravens over the Minnesota Vikings. We're back with more in just a moment. Hour number two coming up on the Pro Football Blitz. Before you place your next bet, visit vcin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds, team comparisons, and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tools, including odd neat 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 tools, including MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 